Welcome to the latest episode of the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. I'm Adela, the founder of PBC, and today I'll be chatting with Ariel Nissenblatt, who is the founder of the Earbuds Podcast Collective and a member of the Podcast Brunch Club chapter in Los Angeles. The theme that we'll be discussing is the future of the human body, and you can find the podcast playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash futurehuman. Before we get started, though, I have a few things I want to let you all know. First is that I'm going to podcast movement in Anaheim soon, August 22nd to the 25th, and I want to meet as many of you as possible. So if you're going also, shoot me an email at adela at podcastbrunchclub.com. That's A-D-E-L-A at podcastbrunchclub.com. And let's figure out a way to meet up. Also, for those of you who haven't yet explored PVC, go to podcastbrunchclub.com to learn how to get involved. You can join the newsletter, learn how to participate online, and find out where we have in-person chapters. We have over 30 groups worldwide now, and if we don't have one where you live, just start one. I can help you. This podcast is a supplement to the larger PBC community, and I'm hoping it brings a bit of the conversation directly to your earbuds. Finally, if you haven't listened to episode four yet, please do. It's an eight-minute bonus episode that captures community commentary from some of our members in Bristol. I'd love to regularly put out community commentary episodes, but I need your help with that. Did anything in particular strike you about this playlist? Do you have any stories to share that relate? Of course you do. And even if you don't, go to the playlist webpage for this one. It's podcastbrunchclub.com slash futurehuman and answer one of the conversation starter questions. This is a community and I want to add your voice on the podcast. So record a voice memo or if you would rather email a written response, you can do that too. And send it to me at podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com. Okay, so now on to this month's theme and playlist. As I mentioned, Ariel put together a podcast playlist for us around the future of the human body. She included three fascinating podcast episodes for us to listen to. The first is Flash Forward's A Womb Away From Home. Hello, and welcome to Flash Forward. I'm Rose, and I'm your host. Flash Forward is a show about the future. Every episode, we take on a specific possible or not-so-possible future scenario. In this episode, host Rose Eveleth explores a future in which human beings can choose to have children relying completely on the use of artificial wombs. Hello, you've reached Stavia, the womb away from home. Para Español, a prima dos. If you know your party's extension, you may dial it at any time. If you're calling to speak with a certified womb specialist, please press 1. If you're calling to apply for womb space, please press 2. If you're calling to check on the status of your baby, please press 3. This episode was produced as a result of the May 2017 news that lambs were successfully born in biobags, or artificial wombs. The episode tackles tough questions like maternity and paternity rights, overpopulation concerns, and how the abortion debate fits in with all of this. But what about the parents? What happens, for example, in a world of uterine replicators or artificial wombs to a person's reproductive rights? Some authors have argued that if this technology would come about, that it would completely erode the right to abortion. And their argument is that the right to an abortion is the right to bodily integrity. It's not the right to secure the death of a fetus, especially if the notion of when is a fetus viable is eroded. Next was an episode from the Wall Street Journal's The Future of Everything podcast. This is The Future of Everything. 
a look ahead from the Wall Street Journal. The episode was entitled, Meet One of the World's First Human Cyborgs, and we meet Emily Borgard, who had a chip implanted in her brain to help her manage her seizures. And it was a scary idea that they would cut into your head and put a device that was a computer into your head. And it was a trial, so they didn't know how effective this was going to be. And I would be one of their lab rats. But at that point, we were desperate enough that that was what the next step was going to be. Doctors predict that in the future, we'll see more people benefiting from treatments like these ones. And the big questions are going to be ethical. We're going to have to decide as a society, as a civilization, what are the circumstances under which we're comfortable with cognitive implants? Finally, we talk about the Note to Self podcast episode called Do You Really Want to Live Forever? Hello, my friends. It's Note to Self, the tech show about being human. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and at this very moment, as we are putting together this episode, Americans are going to vote for their next president. And today, we are thrilled to bring you an interview with one of the candidates. Zoltan Istvan was a 2016 U.S. presidential candidate who ran on the transhumanism platform, which ultimately strives to eliminate death as an inevitability for humans. The number one goal of transhumanism, at least to me, has been to achieve an indefinite lifespan through science and technology. So most transhumanists would say they want to get rid of death or at least make it so that they could control when and how they're going to die. And so transhumanism has often become associated as that movement that wants to conquer death. This interview with him definitely got us thinking. I have no doubt by 2030 that artificial intelligence will be far superior in intellectual capacities to ourselves. I would be very surprised if... People are human beings. I think we'll all be cyborgs at that point. I think there'll be body shops where we're replacing our limbs and things like that. You know, most people die from organ failure, so I wouldn't be surprised if most of our organs, our body, are robotic organs at that point. So those are the episodes Ariel and I discuss. I hope you enjoy our conversation and stay until the very end when I'll tell you what next month's theme will be and where to find the podcast playlist. Hey, Do you want to help out Podcast Brunch Club and get cash back on purchases you would have made anyway? So there are two cash back services that I've been using for years. And I just looked and over the past five years, I've gotten $713 in cash back on purchases I would have made anyway. And I honestly wouldn't tell you about them if I didn't believe in them. One is Mr. Rebates and the other is Ebates. And if you sign up with my referral link, which you can find in the show notes or on the right sidebar of podcastbrunchclub.com, You'll start getting cash back when you click through to online retailers through these two sites. And they'll throw some cash my way for referring you. There's no cost associated with it. It's purely savings, and they literally send me a check every three months. They've both been highly reviewed by many reputable independent media outlets. So it's a win-win situation. You can get cash back on purchases you would have made anyway, and they'll give me a bit of cash for referring you. Find the link in the show notes or on the right sidebar at podcastbrunchclub.com. Hey, Ariel. Thanks so much for joining me on the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the Earbuds Podcast Collective? Hi, Adela. Thanks so much for having me. Well, uh, like you said, my name's Ariel, and I live in Los Angeles. 
I work in social media and marketing and website development. And I also really, this is just something that I have to say about myself because it's part of my identity. Love French fries. <laughs> um, nothing to do with podcasts, but everything to do with me. <laughs> So um, about Earbuds Podcast Collective, last January, I was sitting in traffic in Los Angeles, and I realized that podcasts were saving my life. And so with that in mind, I uh, contacted my friends and I said, look, I listen to the same five podcasts every week, and I love them, but I was curious about what the podcasts that you listen to every week are. And so we decided to share with each other those podcasts, and then we expanded that a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. So now every week, every Sunday, I send an email to an entire subscription group and the email contains a theme and five podcast episodes on that theme. And each week is curated by a different person from within Earbuds Podcast Collective. So it's really a wonderful way to learn about new podcasts, to promote your own podcast and to learn about other perspectives and other people's favorite podcasts from all over the world. And so the best way for, for our listeners to join the collective? The best way for listeners to join the collective is to go to uh, Twitter and go to Earbuds Podcast Collective. And I have a sign up link right on the description in my bio. And then you'll receive an email every Sunday night. I'll link to that in the show notes. So you were gracious enough to volunteer to curate our podcast playlist for this month. And you chose the theme, The Future of the Human Body. Tell us a little about that and why you chose that theme. Sure. It's a good question. Um, I'm definitely not medically inclined, so it it's definitely not right in my wheelhouse. I thought initially, what if I did something with geography? What if I did something with potatoes? What if I did something <laughs> with... Um, I tried to you know, think just very obscurely. I want the episodes to be the episodes that you listen to and you're like, wow, listening to this, my life has changed. So I emailed some friends who also love podcasts and I said, I've been given the honor to um, curate the Podcast Brunch Club list in August, and um, I asked for some suggestions, and somebody suggested, my friend Bethany actually, that I focus it on the human body, and she suggested episodes like Radiolab's Alpha Gal. It was a great episode, but then I noticed that a lot of the episodes were focusing not just on the human body, but on the future of the human body. So then I started listening to more podcast episodes on where the human body will be in a hundred years and what new technologies are being integrated into our bodies that are helping us improve our lives. And um, I found three really incredible episodes that uh, shocked me. So that's yeah. the whole point of this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you have a favorite or was there something that struck you about one in particular? Yeah, I think what's most interesting to me is... Um, I don't know if you have this phenomenon when you listen to podcasts, and I don't know if other people do too. I'd be curious to find out. But every time I look at the name of a podcast that I've listened to, I know exactly where I listened to that podcast and like where I was in my life. And yeah, <laughs> so um, each of these have a place for me. And a lot of them living in LA are in a car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but actually, the one that struck me the most was Note to Self's Do You Really Want to Live Forever? Um, I was listening to it in my kitchen while I was making food. That was healthy food, helping me live for a long time. French fries? Not French fries this time. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I've tried to not eat French fries very often now. But when I was nine, I got a deep fryer for my birthday. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you're definitely not going to live forever if you <laughs> use a deep fryer on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in this episode, Note to Self, what really shocked me about it was the juxtaposition of the 2016 election, which is something that... I think we were constantly in a state of shock 
leading up to the election, they were just me and my friends kept thinking, how can it get crazier than this? You know, but it, but it still did. Every, every time it was topped. But turns out what was not on mainstream media was a candidate named Zoltan Istvan, who was a 2016 presidential candidate, um, just like Hillary, just like Trump, just like Marco Rubio. And what so shocked me was that when I listened to the interview, what they discussed was to me more intriguing than anything discussed on the debate stages between Trump and Clinton. The whole discussion on living forever and that being a platform on which to run a presidential campaign was something that is so beyond what we think of now as politics. <laughs> right, right. It's a very, very long term plan. You know, presidents are elected for four years, and if they're lucky, eight. So, you know, running an entire campaign on the future of something that you can't even picture is a little bit kooky, you know, and right. I think it's like a little bit outside of most people's capacity to really like think, but it seemed like he had his political head on straight because he was talking about how he's going to get into mainstream politics. He's hoping that by the time that it's really, it is a reality, he'll be a seasoned politician and will have the platform on which to stand. What was so interesting to me about this episode was that I think often when people hear about a uh, platform that seems so out there, so ludicrous to them, they think, oh, the person who's running on this platform must be not okay in the head, they've got something going on, and they're probably actually ill-informed. But what so shocked me was that Zoltan Isfahan was not ill-informed. He was like really smart. His arguments were extremely well put together. I was swayed. I mean, I'm not saying I want to live forever. I'm not saying I want to be uh, somebody who supports transhumanist candidates, but... I guess I'm malleable, but <laughs> yeah, I was definitely interested in learning more, which is exactly why I've been telling friends I live in California and he's running for governor. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, is that yes. right? No, yeah. I didn't know that. He is. He's, oh. one, of the, he's one of the uh, candidates. I'm pretty sure he declared you can go to his website. I sound like I'm endorsing him right now. <laughs> okay. I will actually find that website and put it in the show notes. But so let's talk about it. Do you want to live like would you want to live forever? Can you imagine a scenario in which you would want to live forever? To me, it's just like straight off the bat. No, I don't right. want to live forever. I like what we have now, which is that life is kind of precious. Life is definitely precious. And I think so much of our lives are based on the fact that we all, we know we have about, I don't know, what's the average, 82.6 years to live. So each day is special and go out and do something, wake up, make the most of your day. And the host or the interviewer was um, making this same point, which is that without death, how do we learn to appreciate each other? She said that her brother uh, was sick, I believe, with cancer. And in the last few years of his life, she and he got really close. And of course, it's horrible that that had to end in a death, but... It's kind of like you can't have sun without rain. You can't have life without death. So to me, it's just straight up, no thank you. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair to him, I will say that like in some ways, the even the title of the episode was a little unfair to him because he said people in the transhumanist movement some of them may say they want to live forever, but that's not what he was running on, like, or that's not his necessarily his belief. He was saying that he just wants control over death so that he can extend his life until he's just, I'm done, you know, and wants yeah. to go. Until he's ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I always like think, I take it to like the extreme, right? I'm thinking, okay, so everybody's going to live forever. Let's take it to the total extreme. Like we've got 
robotic prosthetics, so we don't have to worry about our body failing us. We have robotic and mechanical organs that we don't have to worry about our organs failing us. And we have brain implants and all sorts of things like he was talking about being able to see further and, you know, getting robotic eyes. I mean, that freaks me out. But this is going to sound super weird. But what happens to procreation and evolution? I mean, clearly this planet cannot sustain everybody living forever. It could barely sustain us living 82.6 years. People are still going to want to have kids. That's not going to end. Right. And he was like, there's so much to see in the world. And there's this to explore and that to explore. I'm like, but it's not your place in history to explore that like you lived in a certain time in history you got to see that that progress and it's the next generation's chance to see the galaxies and living on mars and all that stuff and it seems a little selfish to me to be honest Mm -hmm. and then what happens also to evolution and how i guess we are evolving by creating cyborgs out of ourselves but you know mutations and things that happen through natural evolution, what happens to that if we're just extending life forever? Right. It's it's an interesting piece. And then you get into questions of who gets to live forever. Is it going to be an economical consideration? Is it going to be scientists that get to live forever? This just introduces a whole lot of other questions. And I think that's actually uh, an underlying theme of these three episodes, ethics, and how we deal with the future of humans and how we deal with the future of the human body. Yeah, I was struck by the episode. It was the flash forward episode on the artificial womb and how they were talking about the policies that need to happen around these technologies. And and I was just struck by the fact that technology moves so much faster than policy, Mm -hmm. you know? So by the time the government plows through all the red tape of creating policies around these things, it's going to be moot at that point because like technology just leapfrogs everything you know it's going to be irrelevant by the time the policy is made right that was a tough thing to consider but i think what always gets me with flash forwards episodes is that the host uh rose evelith always you know it opens my mind every episode makes me realize okay yeah these are more things for me to consider and in this episode i especially thought about maternity and paternity rights and what happens and can a man go ahead and have a baby on his own yeah he can (laughs) Um, and these are things that I'm sure will be huge considerations politically and other things that will continue to divide us in the country (laughs) it was interesting they talked about artificial wombs and how that changes the abortion question right right and how that then translates into women's rights That was sort of fascinating. It's like a can of worms and somebody's going to have to sort it out because it seems like it's happening quickly. Right. If you can prevent the need for abortion, where does that right go? Yeah. And that's definitely something that would cut out a problem, but would also take away the question of the problem, which is fundamentally, can women have control over their own bodies? And we want to kind of sustain that. Yeah. Super interesting. And then the episode on the woman with epilepsy and the Wall Street Journal's The Future of Everything. I was fascinated by that as well, because, I mean, she is one of probably a few, but potentially a lot more pretty soon, people who have, you know, a chip implanted in her brain that sends data to her doctor. So I had a a few visceral reactions to this or a few big considerations that popped out at me. So first of all, when you're a doctor who receives this information, How badly do you feel if you go on vacation 
and you're with your family having a great time and you have to check up on somebody's implanted chip in their brain. So where's the line there? Mm -hmm. That was a question that I had. Yeah. Um, Another question was nowadays, I mean, right now you and I are communicating via iPhone. We're communicating because we have this incredible technology, but we're able to communicate this way. And if I have a question, I can hop off of this call and I can ask Siri or I can ask Google to Google something for me. And that is technology helping me succeed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's different in that, no, I don't have a phone implanted into my brain to do it for me, but I can't, I mean, I don't remember the last time I actually had a question and went to the library to look it up. Right. It's amazing to think about whatever technology is up next and probably, you know, there's going to be a lot of adopters and they're not going to be able to imagine what life would have been like without bionic eyes or whatever. And in fact, I was really personally struck by that episode because I've had a lot of physical issues, mainly mechanical, I would say. Like I've had five knee dislocations. I've had two back surgeries now. Um, Dang. Yeah. And the last one was brutal. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. can, I don't even want to get into the details. I mm-hmm. often can't talk about it without crying, but it was bad. I, I actually lost the use of my calf muscle. Like the impingement on the nerve was so bad. And this was at my back level. So like my low back, it impinged a nerve. And then I could not use my calf muscle. I couldn't walk, basically. And I've had a lot of physical issues before that. But this one was devastating because maybe I haven't been able to rely on my body, but I've always been able to rely on my brain. This Mm -hmm. time, it felt like my brain was failing me because like my muscle was still there. But all of a sudden, it was like my brain stopped working and I could not like get the signal from my brain to my calf to do what it needed to oh, wow. do. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like a path from your brain That's unbelievable. down to your like toes. And if yeah. there's somewhere, anywhere in that line that there's an impingement, the signal might not get through. And so one of the things I talked about with the doctor, he said that there's this thing that you can do and they've been doing it for years and I had never heard of it. Basically, like they implant a electrode into your spine and it's supposed to just like periodically send these electrical signals down to your foot or whatever, or wherever you're having the issue to kind of like numb the pain, dull the pain, because it's like a pain that doesn't really exist. There's no physical issue. It's crazy. It's totally sci-fi. Yeah. When they told me about it, I was like, what? Are you <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because one of the ways that you charge the battery is you literally take a battery like charger and you just put it up against your back where the battery is because the battery is inside of your body wow it's like one of those you're a cyborg yeah i don't have it yet but i will be a cyborg probably next year but you know how you have those like pads where you could put your phone down Mm -hmm. and it charges it if you put it on the pad it's like that you just have to like they put it on a belt and you belt it to your back at the right place and it (laughs) charges the battery through your skin so this episode must have really uh stuck with you yeah I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah, I might be a cyborg soon. That was actually that probably hit me the hardest of all uh-huh. the three episodes. I mean, I loved I think favorite episode of the three was definitely the do you want to live forever episode. But the Wall Street Journal one hit me sort of personally. Right. The Wall Street one about the human cyborg really hit me because one of the points they made was that like I said, with the cell phones helping us with our technology, and I can look up what a baby giraffe looks like or anything. I can look up anything. 
Also, I'm helped every day by a technology that we've been using for thousands of years, which is coffee. Right. He he brought that point up, right? He's like, right. you're already altering your state of mind right. with coffee. So are we? I, I don't know if that really is an alteration. Am I altering my state of mind every day because I take a shower? Is that a technology? It makes me feel better, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Is that an alteration? I don't know where the line is. Um, coffee does sometimes have drug-like effects if well alcohol <laughs> has drug-like yeah. effects and a lot exactly. of people you know drink and like they need a glass of wine at the end of the day to unwind or whatever and yeah right. you're altering your state of mind i don't know that i would call i don't know that's a hard one it's hard for me right. to call alcohol or coffee a technology right i know um yeah so i mean that was so shocking to me and it does make me think about coffee in a different light maybe it's something about the body that is sacred like physically cutting into your body and not ingesting it in like a normal way, like drinking or eating or smoking, I guess, just feels so invasive. Right. So maybe the question becomes you or me as somebody who can elect to have something implanted into themselves in order to live differently, better, however it is, at what point does that become mainstream? So can I decide because I want to run a little bit faster can I get calf implants you know just that make my calves a little bit stronger can I do that just because people already do don't they do that calf implants well I've heard of calf implants but I don't know that it actually makes them I don't think it makes them faster it's like it's like the same as breast implants, but oh, it's calf implants. So it makes their calves look you bigger. You want bigger calves? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you don't know about this living in LA. I feel like <laughs> I don't see a lot of calf implants, or at least I wouldn't notice. But You don't stare at people's calves? No, it doesn't do anything <laughs> for me at all. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I feel like that would be okay, at least in my book, for you to do something that made you feel better. But here's the thing. What happens when somebody wants to get eyeball implants that give them x-ray vision right and they get to see everybody naked or whatever you know that's a terrible example but what happens when it's (laughs) but it works yeah when it's less about them and it invades other people's space right where's the line right and then what does that do to everybody else who's not I would love to get some sort of chip implanted in my brain that I could just download a language and know it. Yeah. Right. And then that would maybe make me more employable. Right. And then obviously there's going to be a cost that comes into that. So I have more money to spend on stuff like that. And then I get the jobs and then it almost creates this, I don't know, vortex for people who might not have the money to do that kind of thing. Right. So maybe the line, I don't know if the, um, podcasts address this question exactly, but maybe the line becomes a medical need. I mean, Emily obviously had a medical need for this experimental treatment, and maybe that's where the future will go. It seems unlikely. Right. They're really not going to be able to regulate it because it's exactly the same as like, do you have control over what you do to your own body? Mm -hmm. And like for the government to say like, no, you can't do that anymore. It feels not okay to me Mm -hmm. for the same reason as them saying that I can't as a woman they have control over my body it's the Mm -hmm. same for me it's the same question it's a slippery slope we're about to go down pretty quickly soon yeah and that's the other thing about all of these episodes is that we can look at these as far off it's easy to say oh come on like this technology it's going to take a while to take off and artificial womb yeah it was performed on a lamb but they're not going to really do that with humans but 
it could happen. Definitely. Yeah. The technology's there. I can totally see it happening with humans. I mean, so many people have fertility issues and there's IVF. I mean, probably 20 years ago, people were thinking that IVF wouldn't be as common as it is now. So maybe it's just about a a break-in period. Yeah. And it's so hard because I feel like it happens so quickly. Right. So soon we'll start, we'll start seeing people who, um, you know, they get a shot when they turn 80, that gives them 10 more years. And then they get a shot when they turn 90, that gives them 20 more years. And then, you know, gradually we'll have people who are 130 and it'll be chill to have a great, great, great grandpa alive. Right. And then, (laughs) and then we'll be there and then we'll be on Mars. And then Zoltan will be president when he's 400. Of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it definitely goes into sci-fi spaces when you start thinking about it, you know? Yeah. And that's what was cool about um, Flash Forward. She did talk to some sci-fi authors Mm -hmm. who probably have done a lot of research and know a lot about it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. All of these episodes make for some really interesting literature or videos, but they also could be real life. So everybody read up. (laughs) Yeah. It's time to start thinking about it. Well, I think I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is the, the segment I do on every podcast and ask you... What is your favorite podcast of all time? And what is a good episode of that podcast to start with? Okay. I put a lot of thought into this. Because of earbuds, I listen to five different podcasts every single week. I do have my the ones that I go back to. I always listen to This American Life. I always listen to Flash Forward. I always listen to, I don't know, My Dad Wrote a Porno is Hilarious. I always do all of those. <laughs> but... um one podcast that I only discovered last November, and I think he produces it two episodes each month. It's How to Be Amazing with Michael Ian Black. This is a podcast that I discovered when I was like really ramping up my podcast listening, and I love every single episode, and mostly because Michael Ian Black to me is this hilarious figure who I knew since I was like really young because he was on Wet Hot American Summer. I have no idea who he is. Oh my gosh, you have to check it out. Do you know Wet Hot American Summer? I feel like I do. I'm really bad with movies. So this movie was produced in 2001, and it was an absolute flop in the box offices, but it had a star cast. It had Amy Poehler, it had Bradley Cooper, it had Michael Showalter, it had a lot of people who would then become very famous, but at the time they were like fresh out of college actors who just got this job where they went to a summer camp in Maine and they had a great time and filmed this movie about the last day of camp. And it was set in the 1980s and it was like this really raunchy, inappropriate, slapstick humor movie. Michael Ian Black is in it. He plays a funny character. And I knew this movie from watching with my friends growing up. And then when I found out that Michael Ian Black had a podcast, I was like, oh, I'm on it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I listen to every single episode. And I, my favorite episode is episode three, where he interviews Tavi Gevinson, who is the editor of The Rookie magazine. And she has her own podcast now on the MTV network. She, yeah, she's really an interesting young woman. She's has a fashion empire. She's just, and I just think the way that Michael Ian Black goes about interviewing everybody is well thought out and thorough. And so, uh, yeah, that's definitely a recommendation of mine, something that I always look forward to. I went to Fashion Week for the first time when I was 12. Could that be? Sure. No. 13. 13. I'm going to say 12. It's a better story. 12 is a better story. <laughs> I remember I get, there was like, 
this like Alexander Wang after party at Milk Studios and like it was crazy and Courtney Love performed and I was just like, ah. right. You can imagine like me and my dad like standing in the corner being like, well, this is fascinating. And does your dad at that point, I'm going to empathize with the dad, of course. God, I hate myself. It's all right. But does your dad have reservations when, you know, whoever calls and is like, we'd love Tavi to come to Fashion Week? You know, and, and is he like, no, is there any point or is there any part of him that's like, I don't think that's appropriate for you? No, because he I guess he could see that my relationship to it was not like I want to model and be photographed at parties. Right. I think he liked being surprised by the people in that industry. What surprised him and what surprised you? Well, I guess more he, importantly, I guess he was like a middle aged, like Jewish man who like, I don't know, he was raised Orthodox Jewish. He, like, got a PhD in English. He taught English ever since. He taught at my high school for 30 years. It was not... He'd, like, seen the devil wears prod. Like, that was <laughs> all he... So I think he was, like, expecting... Um, Outrageousness. Yeah, and there was definitely... Like, he loved, like, oh, that eccentric older fashion editor is wearing such a cool outfit. But he also, um, you know, like, the Rodarte sisters. I don't know who you that know is. know Rodarte. I don't. They, um, they're these sisters who design a clothing line, and they did the costumes in Black Swan. Sure, like the Olsen twins. Just like the Olsen <laughs> twins. True artists. The best part about it is that he is not his slapstick comedian person as an interviewer. He's, he's just a real guy. He's a real guy. He like has a home office where he brings people in and he interviews them. And each interview is really well thought out. He's like Terry Gross, but a little bit raunchier, maybe. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. I will put that in the show notes as well. Cool beans. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. And um, I believe you guys, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but you are a member of the LA Podcast Brunch Club yes, chapter. I so I think you guys have your meeting soon. Today. Today. Yeah. Take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Post it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We met um, at Will Rogers State Beach. Um, That's exciting. Yeah. Gotta love the nature. It's a funny situation, the LA Podcast Brunch Club, because LA is ginormous, really, really a huge spread out city. Um, and the last meeting that I went to, we met in the Valley. We met in Sherman Oaks, and there were probably about 12 people who attended. And two of the people came from an hour away you know they're committed you gotta have your podcast brunch club so yeah that's awesome that makes me happy to hear that good i'm glad we're trying to um figure out the best location for each of these because yeah we definitely we travel for pod and hopefully i'll meet you soon in real life at podcast movement yeah um august 23rd through 25 in anaheim california (laughs) should be a great time yeah i'm looking forward to it well thanks so much thank you for having me adela it was so great to talk to you and go listen to these podcasts they were awesome i hope you all enjoyed my conversation with ariel about the future of the human body Don't forget to send your feedback, voice memo, or written to podcast at podcastbrunchclub.com for inclusion in the community commentary episode. Next month, our theme will be passports and citizenship, and you can find the episode lineup at podcastbrunchclub.com slash passports. Finally, a quick call for help. There are so many ways you can support Podcast Brunch Club. 
the easiest is to write a review on iTunes. And if you have a couple of dollars to spare every month, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash podcast brunch club. Finally, if you work for an organization that may want to sponsor Podcast Brunch Club, or you're a podcast creator that wants to get the word out about your project, visit podcastbrunchclub.com slash sponsors. Thanks, and happy listening. You've been listening to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast, an international collaboration between podcast fanatics all over the globe. This episode was written and presented by Adela Mizrachi in Chicago, USA, and edited and produced by Emily Knight, that's me, in Bristol, UK. This episode featured Arielle Nissenblatt from the PBC chapter in LA. All our music is from the Free Music Archive under a Creative Commons license. Our ad music is Paradise by Missal Gauna, and this track you're listening to here is Ice Climb by Poddington Bear. You've been listening to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast, an international collaboration between podcast fanatics around the globe. This episode was written and presented by Adela Mizrachi in Chicago, USA, and edited and produced by Emily Knight, that's me, in Bristol, UK. This episode featured Arielle Nissenblatt from the PBC chapter in Los Angeles. Music on this episode from Poddington Bear under a Creative Commons licence. This track is called Ice Climb. And you can find more of his work at poddingtonbear.bandcamp.com.